A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I'm baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I'm not worthy to loosen the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. In December, my sister-in-law came home with me to Logansport, Indiana, to visit my mother. At 95, my mom is contemplating moving into an independent living facility. We had a tour of the facility the next day. The night before, we talked about some of the things in the house that we want to keep. My sister-in-law claimed the quilt in the downstairs sewing room that was handmade by my great-grandmother Daly. It dates back at least to the early part of the 20th century. It's a popular pattern called Drunkard's Path, sometimes known as Solomon's Puzzle. There's also a baptismal gown hanging on the wall in the sewing room. I had always thought it was my father's, but my mother corrected me. She had sewn it by hand, and all four of us wore it on the day of our baptism. The baptismal gown hanging in the basement that I'd always thought belonged to someone else was actually my own, but not mine alone, one that I shared with my brothers and sister, sewn with love by my mother. Having been immersed in the same waters, enlightened by faith, and clothed in the love of God, we know that we could never be called anything other than beloved and blessed. From Genesis to Revelation, water arcs through the Bible, shapes the landscape of the sacred text, surfaces again and again in the story of the people of God. By the time we see Jesus meeting John at the Jordan, we've already been swimming in the stories of God giving a stream to Eden, of Hagar receiving wellsprings in her desperate wilderness, of Moses striking the rock that gave water to a thirsty and wandering people. Again and again, God's provision breaks through and springs forth in the form of water. It should never cease to surprise us that Jesus is baptized at all. Luke explicitly frames John's rite as a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. When all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized. Jesus also, the one whom God will call my son, the beloved, gets in line with the rest of us. In Jesus, 
God comes alongside us. Jesus' first public act is an act of alignment. His first step is a step towards us. If Jesus knows himself to be the sinless Son of God, why is he submitting to a baptism of renewal and repentance? Father Terence Klein offers one possibility. Jesus felt compelled to enter the waters because John was offering what we would call a sacrament. There are two key elements in every sacrament. A sacrament is always physical, and a sacrament is never private. A sacrament is something tangible because you can see and hear something happening. There are physical elements that can be tasted, touched, even smelled. A sacrament is not a mental act, a purely spiritual bond between creator and creature. It involves the creator touching creation by way of its material elements. A sacrament is also always communal. It may come down to only an extraordinary minister of the Eucharist and a patient in a hospital bed, or a priest and a penitent in the confessional. But a sacrament is always an act of the Church, ecclesia, the assembly of God. Individuals do not celebrate sacraments. Jesus takes the stage as an adult, We see him come to the Jordan. This is the river in which generations before, priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, stopping the waters so that the entire long-journeying children of Israel could pass through to the other side. It is a mythic river that Jesus wades into, the Jordan which flows under the same sky where a mighty wind was sweeping over the waters at the dawn of creation. We are not surprised that the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove, for the angel Gabriel had announced to Mary that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and the child will be called Son of God. The heaven, too, was opened at Christmas, when the angels sang glory to God in the highest, and peace to those on whom God's favor rests. Just as at the first creating, God saw that it was good. Now God's favor rests upon the beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. Luke's genealogy follows today's gospel text, which is a bland reading, but testifies to Jesus' full humanity. He comes from people much like those who line up with him by the river to be baptized, people who can't get enough love, people who need to hear words of affirmation and encouragement, words of grace, forgiveness, and hope. Luke's genealogy does not end with Abraham, but goes all the way back, son of Adam, son of God. In taking his place with us, we begin to see There is no difference between us. As Father Greg Boyle often reminds us, kinship is what happens when we refuse to forget that we belong to each other. In our 2019 visit to the Holy Land, 
We started our pilgrimage in Jordan and celebrated Mass on Mount Nebo, where God showed Moses the Promised Land. Most pilgrims visit the Jordan River from Israel, which is on the West Bank. But the Israelites would have crossed into the Promised Land from the other side of the Jordan. The path down from Mount Nebo to the Jordan Valley is winding and difficult. If you were to walk that way, you might have to bend low, a physical reminder that we can only meet the Lord if we come bending low in humility. The Jordan Valley is the lowest spot on the face of the earth. Jesus came to the Jordan River, and it was here, in the lowest place on earth, that the heaven opened and the Spirit descended. The lowest spot on the face of the earth becomes the closest to heaven.